sharing wisdom and speaking truth, this is the IPHC Leadership Cast. Hello and welcome to this edition of the IPHC Leadership Cast. I'm Garrett Magby and today I am actually here with Josh Lafferty from Quitman, Mississippi, if I said that correctly, is that right? That is right. Josh, how are you doing today? Doing good, how are you? Doing great. We appreciate you coming by and talking with us. And uh, you are actually um, part of the SMAT team. You are, and tell me about your official title, because you've got a couple couple parts in there. So. Uh, when we created the SMAT team, we kind of divided up uh, different roles in ministry. And so originally I was the, uh, and still am, the bivocational part of what we do. I'm not just a, a part of ministry, but I'm also a school teacher. So I work a, you know, I work a seven to five job, and then I'm also involved in ministry. So that's been my role. Um, in the SMAT team, and I'm also very passionate about the discipleship, so some of those uh, things have been just kind of pushed towards me as we go. Awesome. So kind of catching a little bit of different parts and, and putting it all together and right. that sort of thing. That's awesome. Um, and then you're also, you've got quite a bit of ministries uh, going on, some back home. You've got a lot of things that you're doing um, abroad. I mean, you're doing camps right now, things like that. So tell me about what you've got going on there. Yeah, I... Uh, at my home church, I'm a worship pastor, and for a long time I served as a youth pastor. Um, I'm still involved with youth ministry, um, but I've also assumed a role of kind of a discipleship ministries director as I direct youth ministry, children's ministry, Wednesday night ministry, men's and women's ministry. Um, so I've kind of assumed several roles in that. And then during the summers, I get the opportunity, because of being a school teacher and being off from work, I get the opportunity to travel and do different camps. So I'm currently in uh, week number two of four of camp. Oh, very nice. You've got a, a, about half of it gone, but you've got <laughs> another half to go. Yeah, it's exhausting, but I absolutely love it. So It's worth it. It's oh, worth yeah. it. And uh, you're, you're here this week for uh, which camp's going on right now? Heartland. Heartland Conference. Conference. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. Um, tell me a little bit about, because you're, you're also a school teacher, you right. just mentioned. And uh, so, real quickly, I want to ask, how do you, how does that balance, because is it public or private school? Public school. Public school. So I know that in the public school sector, there's a lot of restrictions as far as what's allowed to be talked about, things like that. Um, But how, how is, uh, how is the ministry able to be presented in a public school setting or or things like that, where you're able to um, still live out your faith, of course. But not uh, not compromise on things. Right. Well, definitely um, because of uh, what I've been able to do in the community, different things like people know that I'm a youth pastor. So when they come in my classroom, their parents know that, and they know that I'm involved in ministry. So that's that's something they already are familiar with. Um, so. I also don't, because it is a public school setting, of course there are restrictions. There are right, things that right. we have to be conscious of. Um, I teach world history, so I get to teach world cultures, and I actually teach world religions. Oh, nice. um, so I teach the five major world religions, and I actually try to do everything I can to teach them from an objective standpoint. Right. And Christianity has an incredible way of speaking for itself. Yes. You know, when you present the five major religions of the world, there's no, there's no real comparison once you get to Christianity and you look at the essence of Christianity. You can just, you can present it from a historical standpoint and it very easily speaks for itself. Um, so I also am able to be a part of FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, which gives me a platform to minister in the school legally. Um, so that's a, that's very beneficial. That's awesome. And, and I think I read somewhere, you, do you do coaching as well? Yes, I coach football. Uh, I have coached football, baseball, and basketball. Right now I just coach football and baseball. Football so. and baseball. Mm-hmm. Very nice, very nice. That's got to be a lot of fun, though, because you get that interaction – 
in the classroom and also on the field during trainings and during practices, things like that. Yeah, so. football opens a door. Uh, football and baseball open a door to form uh, just deeper relationships with young men. Um, so I have that opportunity to, to cultivate a relationship beyond the classroom with them. That's a lot more impactful, and there's a lot more of a mentorship in that. Right, so. right. And being a coach, they look up to you as their as their leader, I mean, basically. Yeah. So that, that, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, now tell me about, you also have a ministry going on right now uh, that you're a part of that's pushing for revival. Tell me more about that because I'm interested to hear uh, what direction you're going with that um, and, and how you guys are reaching out. We started um, a little over a year ago, actually about a year and a half ago, there was a group of individuals in, in, in the city that's about 20 minutes north of me, which would be Meridian, and um, they were just desperately wanting to see a move of God in the city. It's a city that uh, is, is very uh, low income, has a lot of poverty, has a lot of crime, um, and so this group of people just, just wanted to see a move of God, and so we really didn't know what to do. Um, and we, uh, we just started having meetings together, and we came together and we said we're going to start a worship night. Um, and it's on. It's not on a regular church night. We do it on Saturday nights right now, and we do it once a month. And uh, originally, it was to be a place where people from who already were connected to churches. So it wasn't evangelistic. It was discipleship minded. Right. People who were already connected to churches could come and they could be a part of what we were doing on a weekend on a Saturday night. And we wanted to. We called it the well because we oh, wanted nice. to create a well where God's presence was. We wanted to create a place where God's presence resided, uh, where we cultivated that atmosphere where he was, and then people could come in and experience that and find what they find at a well. They could be refreshed. They could be renewed, and then they could go out from there to their churches. And and just with that that's, that's how the movement started. Recently, in the last few months, it's really shifted into a, a prayer and a worship movement geared towards seeking revival in Meridian, Mississippi. Um, so it's been, it's, it, it's morphed, it's changed, and it's constantly doing that. Right. But it's just, the heart of it is just to see God change a city, see God change a region. So. That's awesome. And, and through that, you know, we have an emphasis right now on holiness this mm-hmm. year. Uh, and through that, while that change is coming, I mean, it's, it's, it's uh, basically spreading as, as you continue to meet, as you continue to, uh, mm-hmm. to minister, it's spreading. Um, how does that tie in with, with holiness as far as, I mean, because, you know, when, when revival starts to happen, people start to change. They start right. to feel the power of God. Right. Uh, uh, the Holy Spirit moves through them, and their mindset, their outlook on life is adjusted with that. You right. know, a person goes from, from not being saved to salvation. Um, you get that adjustment in your life, and sometimes it takes a little while, but how does that tie in with holiness? Uh, what are you seeing, some of the things you're seeing that um, would, would tie in with what we're looking at this year, which is holiness? Yeah. Um, in the process of holiness, as, as people experience the presence of God, here's the incredible thing. When, when we first come to a realization of the cross and of Christ and of the blood, the first, one of the first things that it, it does in us a lot of times is it drives us towards the things of God. And so we so quickly run towards them. You see new believers that are just so willing to, to give up whatever. You know, whatever it is that they feel like God is asking of them, that the cross is asking of them, there's just a willingness in them to, to do that. And so as we continually get into the presence of God, as we continually experience who He is, it just creates a willingness 
to allow him to work on the inside of us. And so this continual process of holiness is not just about making the right decisions or making the right choices or, or living correctly, but holiness is so much more of a lifestyle of him creating a new thing on the inside of me, a new person on the inside of me. So it, it as we get into his presence, as we experience that, it just creates this desire for more and more and more and more of him. And as I fill my life up with him, then it just empties me of so many other things. And I think that that probably is is a truer essence of holiness than just a checklist of do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. I like that. I like that. And it, and it really deals with um, uh, with the issue of the heart as far as not just, like you said, that checklist, right. but but where are you at? What's your focus? You know, is it on things of Christ or things of, of the world type right. of thing? Um, do you notice in in uh, in these revival sessions, do you notice people who, who are being exposed to this maybe for the first time or are outside of the, the church uh, community coming in and, and a change happening in them over gradually or is it sometimes instant or what are some of the things that you notice? Yeah, sometimes it's instant, some, sometimes it's, it's gradual. The great thing about it is we're seeing people from every denomination. We've had Baptists and Presbyterians and Episcopalians and, and Pentecostals and from any denomination that you can find and, and they come through and for, for some that have never been experienced to worship on this level or to even church services on this level, it's incredibly new to them, but all of them find something authentic in it. They find something real in it. And so in the conversations as people leave, that's one of the things they say, I've never seen anything like this, but I'm so drawn to it. Uh, because I, I believe when you start to truly express the heart of God and what you're doing, then people who are seeking that, they're, they're just so, they're drawn to it. They, they yeah. find something they're looking for. You know, uh, they may not be able to find it in the church there. I mean, if we're honest, the American church right now is, is a mess. There's so many different things that, yeah. you know, people go and they say, well, my church does this or my church does that, or we have this program, we have that program. But at the end of the day, the question becomes, do you have God in the middle of what you're doing? You know, is his right. presence there? Is his heart there? Is your church expressing the heart of Christ? And so that's the one thing that we want to do is we don't want to, you know, necessarily fit the pattern of, of what a church is supposed to be. We just want to gather together and we want to cultivate an atmosphere where he's there and he shows up and when he does it's authentic and it's real and people are changed in that sometimes instantaneously sometimes through a process but if you're looking for something and you find Christ and you find his presence uh, it just completely changes your perspective and and you bring up a good point because it is uh, it's become one of these things where it's more about what is the church doing rather than who are you doing it for? Right, and uh, and that does bring up a good point because I do notice that I've I've had you know friends or people I've met that talk about different things and they're they're real proud of certain things and they should be because it is an outreach or it is a but at the same time you know sometimes there there can be that uh, boastful side right. to the works rather than the the actual spiritual right. uh, side of things. So um, let me ask you this: uh, we're running out of time. Any final thoughts you want to leave for people who are are uh, looking at trying to start revival in their area or reach out to others, minister, get involved in youth ministry, Um, just broad thoughts that you might have for our listeners out there. I would say that um, even our movement, uh, and if you look back at the history of of almost every great movement that has ever happened on the earth as far as Christianity is concerned, it started with prayer. Um, Oftentimes it started with one or two people that were praying, or five or six people. You know, it it very rarely started with a thousand people that are praying. You know, great revivals like Brownsville started with a prayer movement. Um, Hamilton, Alabama started with a prayer movement. So you see uh, prayer as the center of seeking God. So if you start there, whatever you're doing, say, well, we don't know what to do. We would love to see God do something in the city. We don't have any idea to pray, pray. 
just pray, get people together and pray. If you'll start a prayer movement and then out of that, allow God to do what he wants to, however he wants to shift it, however he wants to change it, whatever he wants it to become, if that's all it ever is. Uh, we have people in the city that, that, that I'm talking about in Meridian, Mississippi, that they have been praying. Um, they, they have a church very similar to IHOP, definitely not on the same level, but that same concept, they do 24-hour prayer um, at wow. least twice a month, and then they're constantly praying throughout the week. They have different people coming in. So if you want to see God move, if you want to see God do something, pray. Just start there. That's excellent. That's excellent. Josh, I really appreciate you being on the show today and, and uh, talking with us and sharing your heart and uh, your ministries. And, of course, we pray, pray blessings over you and everything you're involved with. And uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to talk to you again in the future. Definitely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this edition of the IPHC Leadership Cast. For more information on the Leadership Cast and other church-related resources, please visit www.iphc.org.